into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating our citizens as less than human. God damn America. As long as she tries to act like she is God and she is supreme. America, I have with me Anders Lee. Anders Lee here. And our special guest, Mr. Peter Solar. Hey, how's it going? Did I say that right? If yeah, Solar. Cool. Soleil. It's not Soleil? No, not Soleil. Solier. Sol- uh, co-host of What Would Save the World? Yes, on Radio Free Brooklyn, yeah. every Wednesday at 3 p.m., live. Cool. I like your radio voice. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Very cool. Soulful. Um... I, uh, I, this week for this episode, I'm very unprepared. So I think we're going to have a little, uh, little session of, uh, you, you teach me the news this week. I have Mm. not been paying attention to much what's been going on because I've been on hold with Verizon. Uh, something is going on with my internet, which if you know who I am, you know, I'm addicted to the internet. It's pretty fucked up. I'm not getting my juice. My internet in my apartment is, is, is fucked up. It's not working. And then this company's had me on hold for like three hours a day. I just come home from work and I call Verizon. I sit there, and I've been—it's been chill for the most part because I've been playing Breath of the Wild on Nintendo. So like the hours just dripping by have not been bothering me. Is that the video game version of Wild Wild Country? <laughs> Ooh, no. What is this? Even <laughs> even weirder. That would kick ass. No, it's, it's the Zelda game uh, okay. that came out on a, a on Nintendo's yeah. weird ass busted console, right? So it's like a really long game. You know, video games now are like they just you're they're all they're all like map games. They're like, like free, a, free yeah. for all, explore, all that. They're like a it's like yeah. a full time job sort of shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've been logging like tons of hours because I've been on hold with this fucking company, and I'm almost I'm about to beat it. And I don't know what I'm going to do. So you're pretty much in like a loveless marriage with Verizon. You know? Yeah. You come mm. home, pop in the Breath of the Wild, just on hold for three hours. <laughs> Not, no one, no one very, bother me. Very unidirectional communication. There, yeah. You know, those like. <laughs> it's fucking, it's, 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 uh, it's not, I've been chilling with it because I'm just, oh, I'll play the game and then I'll just let the person talk to me or whatever. But, like, I'm about to fucking beat it, and now I'm realizing, oh, my God, I've been wasting, like, hours and hours of my life, like, every day on this fucking thing. Uh, I have a feeling if I beat the game, I'm going to actually have to come to terms with the fact that I've been on hold with this company for, like, like, <laughs> like I don't know, like, 10 hours this week or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to lose my shit, dude. Uh, I just, that's more, I mean, when I'm on hold with Verizon or uh, Optimum, I just play computer solitaire. Which is not as expansive for the mind as this uh, Wild Breath game yeah. sounds. Um, well, that's probably. fucking weird as hell, Andrew. <laughs> that's why I like you. Anyway, so I, I I don't know much of what's going on this week, but I got a few notes. Um, Peter, is there anything in particular you wanted to cover this week? Um, well, we were uh, discussing, I mean, there's kind of, you know, two sides to every story, and we've been hearing a lot from sort of the mainstream media the mainstream the the lamestream media if you will about how the parkland teens are heroes and they're uh want to stop gun violence 
Uh, they want to stop their friends from getting killed. And what they don't realize is um, what they're my friend Peter the, here... They're screwing the rest of us all over in the process. Yes, like they and they're crisis actors, right? That's basically your, well, your that's shtick. That that's a, that's a craziness with like every time we talk about things. Like you may know go, Peter from go, his show Hogwatch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who like looks like fucking Will Wheaton. Like No one wants to point that out. I'm the only one saying it. He looks like Will Wheaton. <laughs> Not like not like mo- modern Will Wheaton, but like T- TNG Will Wheaton. You know, uh-huh. like, yeah. can you imagine <laughs> if he was the the field day the right would be having if David Hogg was actually a porker, like if he was actually a little fat kid? <laughs> oh, that would rule. Would be <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, that's why they're going after Emma Gonzalez so hard because like you look at it, it's like she's like easy to make fun of, but like David Hogg. She's a, uh, polarizing though. Like people are gonna rush to her defense really quick. Yeah. If he was fat. Then nobody would really be. They'd just tell him to get off stage and get get a, a more attractive, you know. You hear the shit about like the the black student who was injured and like still in the hospital for like a month. Yeah, later? they've been and like that story just came out like a yeah. few weeks ago. Right, and he's like, <laughs> like this person got like shot up, and he CNN didn't give him a voice. Guardian didn't let him edit anything. Like he didn't get nothing. You it's kind of right. weird how they <laughs> picked a few select kids to like become the stars of this whole concept. My favorite. Uh, Parkland side plot is um, real early on. Is there, everybody already forgot about this, but there's um, a teacher who the Parkland kids were beefing with online because during the mass shooting, like I think Dave uh, Hogg, I think that uh, that uh, him specifically, he like ran up to this door and he was like banging on the door to try to get into a classroom to hide, and this teacher was like not letting him in (laughs) barring the door and shit and so this teacher if you look this up like their tweets back and forth from each other are like he's like i was following protocol they say never to open the doors or whatever and what the kids accusing him of is just basically like being like children there's no hope for you was was there kids in his classroom or was he like by himself it would be fucking (laughs) hilarious if he was by himself and he locked all the kids out in the hallway but i I don't think that was the case i think he had kids in there too what if he was like sorry david maybe if you had gotten into yale Oh. And I let you in. Oh, he got yeah. he got accepted to something or whatever. Oh, I'm you know, sure you know what did. that means. You, you Everybody see, wants him now. You see, whatever. It's he's one gonna of, one be. Of um, oh, uh, okay. He's gonna be writing for Saturday Night Live in no time. That's, yeah, uh, the fucking career track there, right? Right. Um, but of course, there are uh, only two sides. This is what we're, we've been. Yeah. There's only two what, uh, sides you can come down on with this gun control debate. You're either yeah. Pro or anti mass shooting? Yeah, uh, and you are pro mass pro mass shooting. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I'm interested in I your lean, perspective on this because yeah. you're I a lean fucking towards like nihilistic violence. And okay, it all collapse. Sure, but, no, but no. The problem with this shit is that if you the, so like the Guardian let, let so David Hogg was part of like the school newspaper there, so the Guardian let the the Parkland High School uh, guest edit like an issue of the guardian and they release their demands through that and if you like work your way through the demands it's like okay ban assault rifles you're going through it and then it's like have all gun owners register with the department of defense and i'm like hmm yeah that's not gonna go over too well and then it's like uh, and then it's a bunch of teen stuff just jammed uh, change uh health care laws so that uh 
law enforcement will have access to mental health records. Uh, and like, right. Maybe uh, we shouldn't have a bunch of like 15 year olds yeah, sort of trying should've. to restructure the, the entire Western society. I'm trying to get at here is yeah. that like, I get it. They're kids. They survived the traumatic situation, but now like they're obviously being used as like a political ploy. Yeah, and yeah. I saw some other shit. Despite getting accepted to this college, David Hogg says he wants to take a year off so he can focus on the midterms. I mean, it's like, cool, you're, you're just now like a, a democratic operative? Like, what the hell is Yeah, it? the mid... It's, for a second, I thought you were going to say activism, which, like... Would be okay, cool, cool yeah. but like, no, he's like... A, if Purely you, I mean, electoral. What does that mean? Fo- why is he focusing on the midterms? You can, yeah, I guess he's 18 now, so you can vote. It'd be funny, if, vote. He, it'd be funny if he was like 60. He's like, dude, you can't even vote. Man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, he needs a year off to fill out the voter no, registration yeah, form. Yeah, Florida yeah. is very complicated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dude's no, probably I, a virgin, man. Gotta I mean, <laughs> <laughs> get some things knocked out first before you start oh, restructuring society. Yeah. That's my favorite thing to yell at kids. I know it's like a weird thing to say, but like teenagers in New York are so fucking mean. You know, yeah. like sometimes uh-huh. they're like the like you know a gang of kids will be clowning on you real hard, and they're good at it. They're good at roasting people. You know, so every once in a while I'll, I'll be out delivering food and I have to carry this big orange dumb fucking bag, and kids are like slap me on the back and shit. It's like. <laughs> I'm getting bullied by these kids, but then I'm like, wait a minute, I've had sex before. <laughs> you, <laughs> you haven't. haven't. <laughs> I could drive a car, you know? Oh, that's so f- <laughs> funny you bring that up. Like, just the other day, I heard these people fighting outside my apartment. Or, like, a, I live across, like, a park, a little, like, little playground area, and, like, these, like, teenagers are, like, all fighting, and this girl comes out just, like, being like, I have the text. You're not lying to me. Why you tell him that we fucking? Why you tell him that we fucking? <laughs> and, like, the, the guy's just like, Ugh. Like all nervous and shit. Like, why are you acting like I ain't seen the tech? And like, she pulls her phone. Out and I'm just like, wow, this is fucking. Oh, oh this high is school. fucking. Uh, New York's such a beautiful place. Oh, high school. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of leadership we need yeah. in this country. Right. <laughs> That's... People lying. People lying about who they're fucking. <laughs> yeah. We've we've had too ma- we have too many people in office who've been fucking too much. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. weird that these activist kids are are teens because your teens are like insane people. You know. Well, okay, like, when I was a teenager, like, the issues of the day, it was, like, Iraq war, you know? Yep. And I was like, that's bad. We should be against it. But I never went out of my way to fucking, like, get, ah, yeah, like, charge, like, be the leader of anything, because I was like, I'm fucking 16. I don't know what the hell it is. Yeah. I see these other kids. I see the fucking older people doing that shit. I let them take the lead. You know, I think, I think post-Trump, <laughs> like, there's this new sort of social norm where everyone is um like re- it's everyone's really really afraid to admit that they don't know shit they're yeah. not like a wonk on every fucking issue you know <laughs> mm-hmm. which is impossible to be but like yeah. you have to be like no sir and then you google Hot a bunch takes. of shit while you're arguing with someone online or whatever but like a teenager is a great example of something just keep these people can't possibly be that informed you know they're just not they don't have enough time under no. their belt um I'm interested in what you think about the gun control stuff because, like, I've kind of, uh, my little fucking leftist radical journey is hitting an interesting stride where I've started to get really into, like, revolutionary left radio and anarcho shit. And oh, I'm all to, that shit. Yeah. Guillotine podcast. The, <laughs> the Dr. gun control Dr. shit. Bones. <laughs> <laughs> the gun control shit is interesting to me because. It's not really cut and dry on the left. Like, no. there are, like, killer mics and people like that out there. And I do kind of, uh, I get the argument. Like, I maybe even subscribe so the, a little the bit best, to the, the argument. The best way to frame it is, like, 
First of all, like, if you're on the left, you should not be supporting the NRA in any fashion. Like, they're a right-wing organization design. Like, that's what they are. You know, they're an yeah. arm of the Republican Party. They have no agenda of, like, actually with a gun rights philosophy, as we saw with uh, Philando Castile, who was the black man that was shot in, like, July 2016. He was a licensed gun owner. He gets pulled over, and he informs the officer that, like, he has a gun on him, and he's, like, just letting you know. And, of course, being, like, a fucking white police officer who, when a black guy tells you he has a gun, he's like, ah, blam, 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 blam. Yeah. So, sh- shot Philando Castile dead. And that started a whole controversy where people, like, tweeting at the NRA, being like, yo, why aren't you speaking out about this? And mm. the NRA's like, <laughs> yeah. Not all gun owners. Okay? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, there don't need to support the NRA to also to realize, like, hey, like, we shouldn't have this blanket, like, denunciation of guns and all guns and guns are bad and guns it, it's funny like that like this is like a liberal issue or like a, like a cent like a, a center left issue like centrist liberal yeah moderate issue is gun control because like they always every time they trash on the left it's always like you guys are utopian but like what's more utopian than trying to trying ban to... all firearms right. everywhere. Yeah, right. yeah that's <laughs> this is the one issue they're hard line about and the thing that they focus on which like we don't talk about is like it's always like it's, they always view this, like, abstract image of, like, the militiamen, like, the neo-Nazi, like, that type of thing. That's what they think that we're going after. But, like, they never talk about police violence. It's like, if you're going to go with gun control, why aren't we gun controlling the cops, you know? Right, right. The co- you have, you have, like, you have, you have, you have cops in fucking Grand Central and Port Authority with fucking a- a- AR-15s and shit. Like, we're not talking about that, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alex Patak, who's on this jo- in this podcast sometimes, uh, has a really funny joke of that when you see a cop who's at, like, like, like an AK-47, he's like, is it his birthday? Do <laughs> 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 they let him have it, go, you know, one day of the year or whatever? He also has the, the sword joke about yeah, yeah, how yeah. he should replace but guns with swords. The way I see it, if, like, you're on the left and, like, you're like you, you brought up in gun culture. You're part of that thing. You know how guns work. You want to know how guns work. It's it's like a very like meticulous process. Like like hardcore gun owners who like are into like owning guns and shit actually know how they work. And it's not like this type of thing where like oh I want a gun and like I've never fired a gun before and like I just want a gun for protection and just like shoot everything. like that the, the the that Simpsons episode where Homer buys a gun and he doesn't know how to use it. The cartridge know? family. Yeah, the cartridge. <laughs> yeah. Family. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that that type of thing. Right. And he eventually gets kicked out of the NRA chapter because he's like, <laughs> yo, you can't like use your gun to open a beer. <laughs> so like actual gun owners like are very strict on like always training with it, always practicing, always being very careful and safe with that shit, especially yeah. when it comes to the left. So there's a couple, like, gun right, left-wing gun groups. Uh, what was it? Uh, is Redneck Revolt? Redneck Revolt is one. Uh, then there's this uh, LGBT one called... Oh, uh... Is it pink, fuck. The Pink Pistols or something? Something like that. Yeah, I know yeah, what you're yeah. talking about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're doing that shit, too. Um, um, it's all good, you know? And, like, focusing on, like most marginalized people like no one like how to use weapons and for self-defense you know i think that like, like the, the reason that shit gets glossed over by like centrists or liberals or whatever is because that like middle class liberal thought comes from like people who grew up in the suburbs and stuff and yeah. could, could not really fathom a situation where you might actually need to defend yourself right you know because <laughs> that's um, the one place where really it, guns are like the least common you know, because in the rural area, you can use it for yeah. hunting, sports, and then urban. 
obviously you, you got can the, use it for getting liquor yeah, when yeah. you don't have any money uh-huh. and uh you know it was, a, it was a big part of the civil rights movement too in the south negroes of, with guns yeah pardon yeah. the well, that's books, the yeah, name like, of the book so in, the, in the south in mississippi and he's like backwoods swamps rural ass shit like you don't have people for fucking miles kkk comes up to your house and then you like these people had guns so they could protect themselves from right being, like, and that wasn't that long ago either yeah, no, you know like 100 years ago or whatever um <coughs> and it's yeah there's really no what good way like it's i i mean i'm the, kind of the thing a, is like do i think like do i think like ar-15s and assault rifles should be readily available for the civilian populace to like buy at will no like should we get rid of them yeah it but like looking at the reality of like what's going on in this country and like how stuff works it's like it's it's like all or nothing like if you want a gun control policy like Take the guns away from the cops, you know? Right. Take, right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And there's no way to really retroactively do that. Do the assault yeah, do the assault weapon ban without like go like a mat like having a bunch I mean, of tiny uh, ruby ridges they, all liberal, over the country. Be cheering, they'd be cheering on these gun buyback programs where like, you know, the, every once in a while like cops will be host like a gun buyback thing, no questions asked. You bring your gun there, they give you like fifty bucks or whatever. It's pretty much it's the it's like basically like the GameStop return policy. You give your sixty dollar. You trade trade in nine guns for one shitty gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what guns are gonna be for police forces. They're gonna have video game like a drone operator, <laughs> except you're like the police force like is playing a little video game they have like yeah. a robot who goes out and shoots minorities he's so. on the phone with verizon the whole time yeah. <laughs> furious <laughs> he's killing people i know <laughs> yeah wait till the next mass shootings carried out by a drone like holy yeah. shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's just like black and has a bunch of like fucking marilyn Fuck. manson stickers on it i never thought of that that's like if I was a gambling man, I'd put that in the next ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, sure. Oh yeah, drone. Yeah, a drone mass shooting. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Point of sale regulation, I think, is like I'm kind of tepidly in favor of some more of that. What do you think about Australia? People always bring up Australia, and they're like, you know, very successful gun reform shit that they did. You know what that at all? Yeah, yeah. Ninety six, there was a mass shooting, and then they banned. Guns and there hasn't been one since, and yada yada yada. I think if let's bring up Michael Moore. Oh wow, I just made him relevant again. Okay, so like <laughs> Bowling for Columbine, he did a whole focus about comparing and contrasting Canada, which is very similar similar to the U.S. culturally and all this stuff. Yeah, and they actually have a like almost similar number of guns and like a big hunting culture, yet they don't have the same level of violence. Right. And that, the whole like, thesis of Bowling for Columbine was that the reason we have these mass shootings and all this stuff is that uh, we have a culture of fear. Right, it's cultural, yeah. 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 It's tied to, like, the fear of the black man. And right, right, the fear, right. The spooky, spooky Arab terrorist and, like... Right, okay, yeah. so that, that wouldn't play out the same way no. here necessarily, no. like, at all. Uh, what yeah. Anders was saying was, like, what, we want more Ruby Ridges, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Right, right, right. But, I mean, that's, yeah, that's interesting because people gloss over Michael Moore a lot, and he's easy to shit on. But that that movie had a lot of layers. It wasn't just like a gun control fucking. No, movie. it wasn't. Yeah. Um. um sorry, let's look at our notes. Um. Th- this band that you're hearing is uh some fucking band that's been practicing this same song for like the last two years. Oh, check I them out. Um, hate- 
have I have like a downstairs neighbor. It's the same song that they've been working. <laughs> to the point where like, you can like recite it you know you go to sleep and it's in your dreams like that well <laughs> is this just like a godspeed you black emperor just like one really long song yeah, they've yeah, been yeah. doing for two years or I don't know I can't I can't hear in the headphones whether it's even picking up but <laughs> we'll find out there might be a background in this <laughs> podcast um something else going on this week is uh Richard Spencer is making an attempt to uh like present himself as an anti-war sort of guy. Yes. So let's a red-brown alliance. Let's give some context to this. This is like my foray. This is like my. I have a PhD in tanky studies. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so recently, I'm gonna butcher this shit because I've never been to Syria and like. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Like, so like, there's either. a gas attack in du- Duma. Again, I'm butchering it. A gas sure. attack in Duma, Syria. And, like, people are blaming, like, some people say it's Assad. Some people say it's the rebels. You know, and then, like, uh, a Syrian airbase got hit with an airstrike. And people are saying that Israel did it. And then people are saying Russia did it. And it's all this bullshit. Right. Anyway, in the thick of all this, you see a lot of people in the alt right now, like, using that same rhetoric. And trying to like market themselves as anti-war, uh, in, right? Like the same fashion as like the anti-war left is doing, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Richard Spencer changed his uh, Jesus Christ. Hold, hold on, hold on, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! I think these people like are doing this on purpose. Uh, it's <laughs> I, uh, and we're back. Okay, uh, sorry. The loudest fucking band in Bushwick just started playing yes. ten feet from us. Um, yes. God, I hate them so much. <laughs> <laughs> when did uh, the Strokes move to your apartment? <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably sometime around 2009, if I was guessing. <laughs> Are oh, you boy. fucking kidding me? All right. Um, whatever. It doesn't matter. Please enjoy. It'll the be background. a nice little background. A nice little um, background. Thing. Yeah. Sounds this is war like so music. You, you'll be able to hear what we're saying, but we cannot hear what ourselves are saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Ah, fuck it. Who cares? Okay. I'm, li- I'm living in hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about so Richard Spencer and Syria, right? So Richard the Red Spencer. Brown Alliance, Red Brown which Alliance. Uh, to me doesn't set. You know, I don't want red in my brown. No, uh, I mean you gotta go to the doctor. If yeah, you, see that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so, uh, so basically, the there's this sarin gas attack. You know, uh, you have people part of the. R- Russian media network like RT Sputnik, you know, people that would kind of paint themselves as like anti-war left, uh, saying that oh this can't be Assad. Why would Assad gas his own people and all this shit? Richard Spencer comes out in defense of them and in defense of Assad, and he changed his little uh, his little like avatar thingy in the middle of his Twitter to the Syrian flag, and uh, tweeted out a picture of the Assad family. Bashir al-Assad with his wife and kids, like, looking all, <laughs> good old family man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they looked pretty white that, in like this picture. JC I mean, that's a whole thing. Like, yeah. When it comes to, ra- when it comes to ra- racial politics in the Middle East, it is a whole other bag of worms. So, like, <laughs> It'd be so great if you just tweeted out that picture of Sammy Sosa. Where he, oh. like, <laughs> 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 where he looks like Count Dracula? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um. <laughs> Did you see the cowboy one? <laughs> yeah. That yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he fucking that, rules. That was like a... It was years in the making, but it was like a, a slow transition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Into, he's, he's transitioned into a vampire. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, stealing Michael Jackson's bit, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. Well, this. So, yeah. Yeah. So, like, 
Assad's pretty. Assad, Mike Cernovich. I mean, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> so Richard Spencer, Mike Cernovich, Paul Joseph Watson, who does Infowars, Alex Jones, are all coming down on this type of thing. On this. On this what do you think front? they're doing? Because a while back, Richard Spencer did say, like, you know, I could win over a bunch of Bernie bros or whatever. Yeah, yeah because like, of this, he's playing this whole card. Yeah. So the thing is, like, there's this whole narrative of, like, it's all Iraq war syndrome that's affected us for, like, the past 15 years. That, like, yeah, I don't think anyone left of fucking Bernie wants the U.S. to invade a fucking country. You know, we're just not doing that. Right, we don't want right. that to happen. But on the others, on the flip side, though, you have people that are clamoring onto that like anti-imperialist like mantra, who are Nazis, you know, uh, and what? So uh, last month, this uh, anti-fascist researcher named Alexander Reed Ross wrote this long article for the SPLC, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center. Center. Law Center. They do all like the hate watch stuff. You yeah. Know? So yeah. he wrote this long piece detailing what he called the Red-Brown Alliance. It was like a connection between these like Stalinist, like Marxist-Leninist parties in the U.S. Uh-huh. and uh, that they were hosting conferences in Moscow on the Kremlin dime that, you know, uh, they had like, like Russian nationalists, Ukrainian neo-Nazis, you know, they had... Uh, uh, this, this strand of thought called national Bolshevism, which is basically combining like Soviet aesthetics with Nazi politics. Right, yeah, yeah. So like, they had these people all on the same panel uh, at this like anti-imperialist conference. You know, all under the banner of like, oh, they don't want the U.S. to invade. Right. And when you have a big tent like that, you're gonna have a lot of questionable people Some in that clowns. Tent. Clowns. Nice. Tent. No, nice. Clown some Damn. carnies so, biting so political humor. Reed Ross <laughs> actually called out people in this article. He called out Max Blumenthal, who, for the listeners, is this journalist. He, his claim to fame was, uh, I mean, other than being like Sidney Blumenthal's fucking son, was uh, he did a lot of Israel reporting on like Israel and Gaza, and then somewhere in 2016, it became like a straight up like Assad lackey, you know? So. Mm. His thing was pushing like conspiracy theories that this uh, these aid workers in Syria called the White Helmets are working with Al Qaeda or they are Al Qaeda. Um, has links to like different conspiracy websites like Twenty uh, First Century Wire and Moon of Alabama and uh, <laughs> yeah, they, it's all these weird Moon of Alabama. Moon of Alabama. <laughs> uh, glo- global research in Canada. It's this yeah. So there's these two like very fashy independent journalists. Uh, Vanessa Bealey and Eva Bartlett, which they actually started the White Helmets conspiracy. And then Max Blumenthal elevated them to be like, oh, see, look, this is what's really going on in Syria. And then what Reed Ross did was actually look into their background. And, like, they're straight up, like, they used to work for Infowars. Like, they used to work for Alex Jones. And yeah. Then they t- there's, it gets even weirder when, like, back in, like, uh, October, like, what was it? Like, I think, like, Daily Beast did, like, a whole report that, like, Alex Jones was, like, reposting like thousands of RT articles without their permission and then when they confronted RT about this RT was like no oh, we didn't know yeah and then you look right. at any RT article or Sputnik article and you look at the comments it's Nazis <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is weird because it's like they're these 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 organizations like position themselves as like left-wing outlets or like oh look we're giving like a voice to like lefties you know look we have Chris Hedges and like 
Max Blumenthal and like yeah so like basically Wait. what happened is Alexander Reed Ross called out Blumenthal for pretty much like platforming Nazis and then Blumenthal hit Reed Ross with a lawsuit for defamation and then SPLC pulled the article oh and also in this lawsuit was like three other journalists who had no connection to Reed Ross or the article at all. But like Blumenthal came up with this whole like paranoid thing that's like this was a hit, you know? They're all they've come to get me. <laughs> Damn. Right. So right. He, yeah. he requested uh, my he requested my friend uh, Charles Davis, who's like a, a journalist based out of Los Angeles. He re- he got like a legal order to preserve all his web history, like all his d- like Twitter DMs and Facebook chats and oh, all this shit. Pictures He's, of feet. Yes. <laughs> I know. He, he wants he wants Charles's dick pics, you know. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So and then it's just weird. So Max then goes on this whole tirade, of like, "Oh, they're trying to silence us. It's McCarthyism. They're trying to silence the anti-war left." And he gets a he gets an article up in RT about it. Then he gets an article in Fox News about it. Then he goes on Tucker Carlson a week later to rant about it. Yeah. And then you start seeing all the alt-right people just like pushing this whole narrative of being like, "Oh, look at the SPLC." Trashing on the anti-war left, da, da, da. like they fucking give a shit about. Can I tell you left. my conspiracy theory about this? Yeah. My theory is that the alt right is doing this to try to, uh, like, give legitimacy to the horseshoe theory. Yes. So that mm. they can then use it against the left. Yes, I yeah. think. Yeah. Because that's what gets used against the left constantly. Exactly. Is like so you're going we, too far. You're about to turn into so a Nazi. That, or yeah. Whatever. So now that. What Reed Ross was trying to do was show us the danger of what was happening. It's like, look, these fascists are, like, latching on to our rhetoric, you know? Right. And, like, they're trying to come Yeah, in. and if you look at Spencer's Twitter feed, he's yeah. saying things uh, like, the optimistic view is that Trump is just covering for Israel or he'll just do a small strike like the last time isn't inspiring. Trump is demanding a war on Assad and a proxy war against Russia. In 2016, he promised a new foreign policy. This is doubling down on the status quo. Then he's going on to talk about uh, Saudi Arabia. And this is something that the left, we've got to figure out. The messaging on this is tricky because uh, something that um, I've been a little bit involved in is DSA's anti-war working group because, uh, to me, that's a very important thing that DSA has kind of neglected is foreign policy, having an anti-imperialist stance. And so the issue that we've been kind of focusing on right now is the war in Yemen, which is supported by Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. And a few weeks ago, there was a rally where one of the chants was, uh, Saudi prince not welcome here. And some people heard that as like a xenophobic, like pro-Muslim ban thing. So it's a tricky line to, because he's, the Spencer is saying the same shit. Like he's talking about the uh, genocide happening in Yemen like no thought to punishing the animals in Saudi Arabia who are engaged in unspeakable crimes in Yemen. Like this is a, this is our talking card, points if too. If you want to throw that card around, the whole re- like what Bloom, what Blumenthal and Rania Kalik and Ben Norton have all been pushing is this whole war on terror rhetoric that like Assad has to like win the war and regain control of everything because it's all like head chopping jihadis running crazy and. They're pushing this whole thing that would have been like fucking Donald Rumsfeld's position yeah. in 2003. You know, yeah, it just yeah, kind of yeah, flipped, yeah. and now you see these anti-war people freaking out about terrorism. And I'm just like, that was never the point, you know. And like, as it, and yeah, as fucked up as it is on the ground in Syria, yeah, there are jihadi groups, and yeah, it is bad. But like, to just go out of your way to be like every time like a hospital is bombed, it's like it's not. A, Assad's hands are clean, you know? It's like every time, like, just, like, denying mass starvation. Denying 
that Assad had any role in the situation that is currently unfolding. It's just bullshit. That's a, <laughs> that's just, just just tanky syndrome altogether. It's, yeah, it's exactly. overcorrecting so hard against American yeah. imperialism. Yeah. And now you're like that you basically support Russia. Which yeah. first of all is it's not it's not even like see like old tankyism in like the sixties, it made sense because it's like, okay, the USSR, they're like a different version of what you want or something. And like that's not even the case anymore. Like Russia's not communist or anything at this point like it's like a fucking mafia state yeah, yeah. You know? it's a <laughs> hollowed out like semi-capitalist right. fucking and the, whole, Soprano the whole reason like russia is caping so hard in syria right now is because they want a fucking naval base in in the fucking they want to fucking they want like a, a water outlet so they can have a fucking naval base you know right. so they're doing the same shit that the u.s and nato has fucking done you know so it's like that's just how the that's how the world works. It's how these people fucking operate. Right. To act like they want like they, an Israel. What's wrong with tankies is they're stuck in this like nation state like Cold War mentality. Is that there's like there's good nations and there's bad nations and like we gotta like ally all the good nations against the imperial nation. It's like that's not even how the like that's yeah. not how the world works anymore. If it ever worked like that, no. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So now it's just clear that they're. There's something going on here that, like, so you you have these Marxist-Leninist parties, like Workers' World Party and the Party of Socialism and Liberation, which hosted these conferences, or, like, they're straight up caping for Cernovich and Spencer at this point. And it's like, I can't, I mean, nah, I'm not about that. Do you think, though, on the other side of it, that some of the anti-Assadists have been clear enough about opposing Western intervention? No, I I agree. Like, there's some... So, so like, Ben Norton's whole response to this is, like, oh, you think there's a red-brown alliance? Well, there's actually, like, a black-blue ultra-left... <laughs> Purple, uh, purple, yellow. Yeah. You know, like, there's, a ra- there's a rainbow coalition <laughs> against Assad. There's a brown brown alliance because when you you put all the colors together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. there's a nice mauve seafoam <laughs> yeah. green as alliance. As like, it's like an I accent think, uh, wall. I mean, I've seen it different. Like so, like we're gonna build an accent wall. I come more, I come more from like the anarchist tendency, and like I, I follow all the anarchist podcasts and all the anarchist media. I do that shit, and like it's kind of been more or less a, like a split in terms of like people that are just straight up parroting tanky narratives and then those who generally are like god damn why the fuck would i support Assad? no like yeah 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 but like i'm not seeing it too much from like the anarchist side but like are there people that are we kind of are we giving legitimacy to like neocon rhetoric and intervention nah i mean who knows i mean should we be strong enough against it yeah i mean that's why we when when israel shot shot those fucking protesters the other week like yeah everyone came out against that you know right we've been talking about yemen and like charles davis the person who was named in this lawsuit who's been like so fucking hampering on max blumenthal and all these people and like pushing this whole thing and be like yo fuck these guys for supporting Assad. he's just regularly retweeting shit about how yemen is horrible and how how Israel's horrible, but the whole the whole thing is like that's a consistent worldview. That's a consistent narrative where it's like if you view like if you believe like collective violence, like state sanctioned violence against like a civilian population is wrong, then like you really it's like you look at what Israel does, yeah, you call it out. You look at what right. Saudi Arabia does, you call it out. You look at what Syria does, you call it out. Right. You know? So like that's a consistent narrative. Whereas like Blumenthal will f- like he's using the same rhetoric towards like Syrians as like Netanyahu is toward Palestinians you know it's just but then when Israel does it it's like oh shit uh 
it's like it's like a special case yeah, where suddenly like, all these things don't right. apply don't at apply. all. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just like I find Spencer's view of Israel pretty interesting be- yeah. because he's like uh, he kind of, he admires it. He wants to turn the U.S. into Israel, an ethno state. So but a, he's yeah. also like really. Uh, he doesn't like Jews. <laughs> and like he's, yeah, well, I mean, how do they resolve that? Well, yeah. No, this is the thing that's always been a part of fucking fascism, going all the way back. Like, Marcus Garvey fucking met with, like, the Grand Wizard of the KKK in the right. 20s. You know, they talk about this shit. It's like, it, that's the whole thing they're harping on. Is like, they love, like, what they want is ethnic purity and their own little ethnic enclave. And if they have to make, if they have to make amends to, like, oh, you get your little plot of land over there we get ours like we have the white nation then there's the black nation then there's the mexican nation (laughs) you know it's like everyone gets their little (laughs) piece of the pie and that's how like they justify it to themselves it's like oh we're not harming anybody like everybody's gonna get to live in their own homogenous community it's like in practice yeah it doesn't work like that (laughs) you know yeah Um, so it makes complete it makes perfect sense why they would support israel you know because parrots itself as this like ethno state so right and they're like this is the first one now let's just make all the rest of them or whatever um i don't know i'm just i'm i'm so mad at richard spencer that i got his haircut guys Uh, yeah you did i (laughs) I wanted to prove horseshoe theories real so i went to a barber and i said make me look like (laughs) a fascist um i don't know uh Okay, I'm trying to figure out how to transition this very naturally, and it's not happening. You reminded me of something when you were talking about uh, the theories about race and ethnicity that people like Spencer have. Um, you reminded me of the book The Bell Curve, which is the topic of another thing that happened this Ding. week. Yes, yeah. and... Uh, <laughs> Sam Harris is... Uh, I don't know why he's suddenly becoming like a thing. Like, Again? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was on a plane a while back, and there I just overheard this shitty old man talking to his wife about the podcast he was listening to, and he was like, "This guy's like a genius." Oh, God. <laughs> like, why are they show- showing old people podcasts? Yeah, I know it was really weird. I was hoping he'd be like, "It's called Come Town," <laughs> <laughs> but he was listening to fucking Sam Harris, and I'm like, I. He's a really interesting case for me because. Uh, I grew up in Texas, and so, like, my first foray into anything radically political was being like, hey, all these Jesus freaks are fucking insane, and we were living under George W. Bush, you know, so I was, like, an annoying atheist when I was a teenager, and, uh, you know, would read some of, like, him and Dawkins shit or whatever, and, like, I'm not an idiot. Even back then, I was like, these people are fucking annoying as shit. But uh, I just remember I watched this documentary about the new atheists, and um, it was really funny because Richard uh, Dawkins is like a um, demon. Like he's just an evil, creepy. He's not a good yeah. face for this argument no. he's trying to make because he's like the most clearly unhappy person on earth, you know. And uh, it's so talked about how molestation isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. was this the root of all evil? Uh, I can't remember. It was like a weird Netflix documentary about how, um, like, the three the three guys were like going on this tour, and it was like trying. They were trying to hype it up and make it look like you know this real fun like rock doc, you know, about it was like the pro new, new atheist. Yeah, okay. uh, it was just kind of about them or whatever. Yeah. It was really funny because um, R- Richard Dawkins is like you know, this miserable person. And then Sam Harris was next to him the whole time. And he was always just like, no, nah, it's, it's fun. Come on. We're going to have a great time. But then they'd go out and take this stage and they're just still like 
three dorky fucking intellectual guys like tucking their shirts into their jeans and shit like that. You know, they're very lame. So I, I since you know moved past that and shit and just sort of like um, you know realized that that's kind of a specific niche like dorky thing. And then later on got way into fucking whatever. I'm you know reading anarchist shit now or whatever but i just forgot who sam harris was and then suddenly he popped back up and now he's like um he's like a fucking bell curve guy apparently i mean that's that's like the logical trajectory for sam yes, harris at absolutely. this point <laughs> the, the, the problem with the new atheists is that like you know like old atheism was always about like you know god doesn't exist and that shit's bullshit and like you know maybe we shouldn't focus on religion that much whereas like new atheism is just like aggressively like oh no we need to like exterminate these people yeah. <laughs> and what really jars jars me is that their focus on islam as like th- that's like out of the three out of the three it's like so yeah. they're like they're like fuck jews fuck christians but f- Especially, especially fuck Muslims, yeah. and right. that just like puts a whole like racial tinge to it, where it's like, why are you harping up so much about Islam? And right, know, and right. the thing they'll <laughs> the thing they'll always say, and this is the flaw in their argument that is now being filled by bell curve. But uh, the flaw is, is they'll always say like we're criticizing Islam, the religion. We're not criticizing Muslims. But if you accept that religion is a socially constructed phenomenon, it's invented by people, then how do you criticize it without criticizing the people who invented and practice it? Yeah. You know, so like this makes sense to his um, and, and he's trying to dance around it. Re- like, I, I'm not even going to try to, like, articulate what his actual position is. But he, the bottom line is he had Charles Murray on his podcast, represented him as being misunderstood. And people pointed out like this is pseudoscience, like Nisbet, other intellectuals have pointed out how this is like the bell curve is nonsense. You know, number one, you can't like the argument is basically that um, there are factors that go into human intelligence that are beyond environment and that there are sort of base parts of your like genetics Right. And and that's basically used to justify like, hey, we got to cut these social programs for black people, because even if we give them the opportunity, they're going to squander it because they're just like genetically are. Yeah. I just want to point out that uh, that this guy, bell curve guy wrote the uh, I think the foreword for the fucking hillbilly elegy. If people are still into this fucking book, like you realize <laughs> oh God, it's, that shit. it's fucking wow. eugenics. <laughs> the whole point of that book is like, uh, you know. <sighs> It's it's all this like anti welfare state shit yeah. basically or whatever. For some reason, I keep seeing like just fucking dorky normie liberals just reading this book and the talking wonks. about how how interesting this analysis of the white working class is. And it's like you're reading a book written a, by a per, like two degrees away from eugenics, you know? Yeah. And it's all anti welfare shit. They're trying to understand. I hate this whole like cottage industry of wonks. Out after 2016, it's like we're trying to understand the Trump voter, and it's just like, <laughs> dude, and talk to your fucking coworker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they fucking yeah, voted yeah, for yeah. it, man. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, but the uh, fucking bell curve guy, Charles Murray. Yeah. What? Set the he record. is. He's like set the record straight. We're gonna have you on to set the record straight. You know. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> why are you doing this? Why? What's the big? Yeah. Why? Why is this guy so important? That that's the like thing that people are pointing, and he's getting his also, panties like, in a bundle. Dude, to- like, Sam Harris looks like the villain from the B- Breakfast Club. He's like, <laughs> he's like that fucking. He's like in any fucking like teen movie. He's always like the evil teacher character. You know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what he looks like. Like, 
He was like uh, uh, younger and kind of more joyful in that documentary. And I just am wondering, like, what happened to him in the last 10 years that made him like... Well, well it's interesting because, uh, I mean, you're talking about like the Bush era and stuff like that. And people talk about how polarized things are now, but they're really not. Like back then it was polar. Like you were either one side or the other. Like your blue state, red state, you didn't really think about the nuance. I mean, at least yeah. I didn't. I yeah, feel now like there's a million things. You can be yeah. a tanky, you can be a Nazi right. now for some reason. There's so, oh. like, people are, yeah, people are fucking hating each other now, but not, it's all over the place. Be, you could not say you were a socialist in fucking, like, 2005. No. <laughs> like, right, right, right. Yeah, nobody <laughs> said, yeah. Dude, in fucking <sighs> Texas, man, like, during Obama, the, the, fuck, the worst thing ever was that... The, all the Republicans down there would say, like, he's a socialist. And if you were, like, into leftist shit at all, you would yeah. be like, he's I not, wish. but he should be. Yeah, yeah that, that would be awesome. Better. But there's you... this fucking uh, billboard. If you drive between Austin and Dallas, somebody bought a billboard and just put up a big Obama face with, like, a Hitler mustache. And it just says, socialist? Like, <laughs> question mark wow, or something? That, that's a lot to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how awesome would that have been? It's like, we have to seize the means of production. That have fucking you ruled. <laughs> um, if you like your hammer and sickle, you can keep it. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, um, Smash uh, the state. I guess the thing about hair, come like, together and uh, uh, redistribute the wealth. <laughs> yeah, it's, the thing about like wonkiness and Sam Harris being a fucking you know atheist dork is like you can't you can't look at you can't answer all these big questions by looking at one issue like being a specialist on one fucking thing because like being an atheist or whatever. I kind I do kind of understand what they're trying to say when they talk about uh, Islam because like there's an extent to which I like I personally think all religions at this point are pretty wacky like mm-hmm. they're kind of on the way out you know they, I understand I think I understand where they came from and why they existed but it's a little absurd sometimes we live in 2018 and just be like you know you have an imaginary friend like what's going on here you know it's kind of weird but um, I also think that that person. For, you know, Sam Harris probably doesn't have like a really complex understanding of all the uh, other social historical shit that you know went into why Islam still exists yeah. today. You know? Yeah, and it's they heavily downplay or outright ignore the history of secular movements taking power in places in the Middle East and the U.S. coming into conflict with that and like marginalizing these these movements and like having coup d'etats and taking them out of power like in Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, all these places that we're in conflict now with these like awful uh, like theocratic regimes that we like to blame. Um, like they had secular alternatives that we crushed. Yeah. I work with this guy who um, I'm going to have him on to talk about Ro- Rojava because yeah. he's like a Kurd and he's like from all that shit. There's also somebody at this restaurant that apparently just like straight up three months ago was just out there with a fucking knife in his teeth like fighting <laughs> the front lines and now he just works in a bakery. It's really fucking weird. I don't know the whole story, <laughs> but somebody was a, like... A reverse piss pig grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, piss pig grand mom. I don't know, uh, but he, yeah, he got, granddad. he got inspired to leave and not do anything uh, and come do heroin here or something. Um, yeah, fuck, yo, uh, but, side note, if David Hogg went to Rojava, then that would get everybody. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. Oh, piss pig uh, hog, piss, 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 pig, hog. piss hog granddad, there you go. Piss hog 15-year-old grandson. Pig hog, okay, um, so... 
Anyway, I was talking to this friend of mine who's like kind of way more wonky about uh, all the Rojava stuff, and it's like from there, and can tell you kind of made my head spin explaining all the different factions and stuff like that. But I asked about ISIS, and uh, I was just like, so what's the deal? Because like you know what everyone is sort of trying to convince us in the Western media is that um, this is happening uh, as a form of like radical uh, Islam. Uh, you know, it's 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 religiously you know, fueled or whatever, and that's kind of where my uh, dumb fucking I'm an atheist Texas head went the first time I ever heard about uh, ISIS, and he had an explanation for it. I couldn't repeat it to you. I can't follow it, but it was extremely political, and just like, um, you know, uh, it was a pretty secular explanation for why this thing that was been portrayed as you know fucking spooky boogeyman that's obsessed with evil islam yeah our enemy religion or whatever uh, that was kind of interesting i think it, it's actually a bit naive to uh to assume um like religious implications I mean, like for all these all wars have always been political and social like the, the, the the new atheist line they always be like oh look at what the crusades did and all this it's like it was all political. It's all like territory shit. Like, right, right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. One of their famous things or whatever. There's like a, a Doug Stanhope joke where he's like, you know, you never pick up the newspaper and read the like um, the atheist, you know, warlords or uh, you know, <laughs> at some fucking battle with uh, agnostic faction or yada yada. It's like, whatever. Clever joke, but it's also not true. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's plenty of secular wars. Right. Yeah. I, I remember Genghis Khan. I don't think was a religious. Oh my god! I remember like man. a. I remember yeah. like an Onion article like years ago that was like poking. It was like Buddhist terrorists like like do suicide bombing and like church or whatever. Yeah. It was like, it was like a like. It was like a joke, you know. It's like oh, because the Buddhists don't do it. But then like, I heard like months ago there actually is like a faction. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a yeah, radical like Buddhist faction. No, there totally is killing people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh wait, it's actually yeah. a fucking thing. Like, oh goddamn it, onion, jeez, yeah. stop predicting shit. Okay, um, Unitarians are next. Yeah, no, <laughs> Unitarian. <laughs> um, you will, everyone will get along by the barrel of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that exactly what you want, socialist? <laughs> um. So I, I looked at Anders and not you. Yeah, you you want socialists, no rules, right? We, we of course have no history of uh, massacre or <laughs> no socialism. Nope. Of, yeah, nope. yeah, yeah. Commies never killed anybody <laughs> ever. Yeah. It's all Nazi propaganda. No one who didn't deserve it. <laughs> um, I don't know. We got anything else to get to before we wrap this up? Anything else crazy happened this week? Uh, I think. Th oh, the, well, there was the. Uh, Bernie in uh, Jackson, his his quote unquote gaffe about Obama. Speaking of Obama, oh right, yeah. and he dared to criticize he someone who was president bad. of the United States. Yeah, and he barely even criticized. Him. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if I. I'm just gonna get work myself up. Yeah, everyone. Oh my God, what is everyone's? <laughs> like, it's like after 2016, like every little faction is just like went off the fucking deep end. Yeah, right. Well, that was the li the liberals just got crazy. The fucking conservatives just became Nazis. Yeah. The socialists are all like, yeah, seize the power now. <laughs> the anarchists are like, oh, they're just gonna start like blowing up shit. Well, yeah. here's <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay. I remember what I was gonna say. So we we're talking earlier about the uh, the alt right trying to infiltrate the anti imperialist movement. Yes. Um, and we're having this showdown right now uh, where Antifa. 
is coming out where other groups aren't, and not that Antifa is a group, but people associated, whatever, are coming out and confronting alt-right neo-Nazis who are trying to, who are, they're both protesting the war. They're both mm-hmm. protesting bombing. But it's this very important uh, line in the sand is being drawn right now. Um, and that's this reminds me, it's, it's sort of tertially related, but uh, the rally to restore sanity eight years ago, uh, one of the big signs they were bringing around, John Stewart's rally to restore sanity, kind of a moderate call to action against these two extreme uh, sides. Um, one of the signs was, I disagree with you, but I don't think you're a Nazi. Which now we've seen the like, it's like a lot of Nazis that we holy shit, gave the benefit like, I of the doubt. With you and you're a fucking Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that whole like civil discourse thing really fucking died. Oh, remember, like this is why John Stewart went down because he couldn't he couldn't keep up with the times. Like, right. If you go back to like the whole takeaway from that rally, it was just like very anti-protest, anti any. It was the right. Whole, the it's whole mes- tic- the yeah. whole message was like stay home. Like y'all, you're all crazy. It's it's like hor- it really like horseshoe theory as like it was uh, ironic yeah. almost. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it, it, and he could have capitalized because it was capitalizing on all this energy that two years prior had gone into Obama's election, mm-hmm. which Obama squandered. And Stewart was kind of starting to pick that up and he, he sent it into nothing, like yeah. sent it into this non fucking movement. But uh, I mean, this kind of connects to 2016. I'm jumping all over the place here, but it's very interesting to me. We're talking about Bernie Sanders. John Stewart's like last couple of episodes were right around the time Sanders announced mm-hmm. for his, his run for the presidency, and they were and he did two segments on him. One of them was kind of making fun of him, and the other was making fun of the media for downplaying mm-hmm. uh, Sanders. So I r- really wonder, and that really would have been an interesting thing to see because ultimately he is a liberal Stewart, uh, but it would have been interesting to see where he came down on the Sanders Clinton. Um, primary because uh, that could have changed things because he had he was a voice of influence for a lot of yeah. this like sort of nebulous uh progressive left i mean everyone else though that has you know is in his same camp all pretty much came down on hillary's side yeah, yeah but i i think he would have been i mean i like to think he would have been more critical about it um as you know one of the so a lot of his his coverage was pro was you know in favor like one one of the jokes I remember him making was like oh yeah crazy Bernie is talking about these things like universal health insurance and fucking a living wage yeah. and shit uh, but yeah maybe he would have bought into it I don't know I don't know I mean he's still around you know he's, he's still yeah, yeah he's still he's, we talk about him like he died we could ask him you know <laughs> he's dead to me um yeah. shit uh what else I feel like I got into a Twitter fight this week. Uh, I don't remember Just who one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fuck it. Um, yeah, that's it. That's that's good for the week. Uh, thank God, you know, John Stewart restored our sanity, and we're all sane now because he had a a big event about uh, how we shouldn't believe in anything. I guess. Yeah, that was kind of the message. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a nihilistic rally. You know, don't fight too hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't try. Um, cool. All right. Well. Um, I'm going on tour. I'm really fucking exhausted and tired of talking to Verizon. Uh, but soon, in May, I'm going on tour with Mishka Shubali. I'll I'll pin the tweet with all the fucking dates we're doing. I'm coming to Morgantown, West Virginia, um, Detroit, Chicago, a couple other places, uh, Denver, possibly L.A. I'm not sure. Uh, um, 
Uh, oh, Den- speaking of Denver, this just reminded me of uh, T.J. Miller. <laughs> um, comedian, oh, yeah, insane idiot T.J. Miller uh, called in a bomb threat <laughs> <laughs> on like a train on a he train. was on. And no, they said he sounded drunk. What the fuck did he do? It was he was on a train. He got into a fight with this woman. He, he was like drunk. He was like drunk as fuck. Got into like an argument with this woman. Called in a bomb threat, but like so it wouldn't be traced back to him. He did it on like a train that he wasn't on. <laughs> so like some random train in like New Haven got fucking like stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a prank. Oh I my see. God. You know what a good thing to do is uh, right after you get me tooed is uh, to, as a prank, call in a bomb, bomb threat. threat yeah. That's super cool. Everyone will take you seriously. <laughs> the thing about this bomb threat, though, is that it actually it turns out someone was trying to charge the Samsung <laughs> Galaxy S. Hey, that's the end of the show. All right. <laughs> um, sorry, it's a callback to a different episode. Uh, yeah, feral jokes on everything. Uh, sign up for our Patreon for bonus apps. And uh, anybody else got anything to plug? I am, if you're listening on Wednesday, going to be... Pretty cool, huh? At uh, nice at um, Sketchblock Comedy, which is in uh, Manhattan, and uh, it's changed locations, but I'll post about it. Also, going to be at the Music Inn this Friday the thirteenth at nine for a uh, suicide themed comedy show. Cool. Ooh, that sounds great. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm Peter Solar. Uh, do what would save the world on Radio Free Brooklyn every Wednesday at three p.m. You can look at past episodes on our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash what would save the world. Going to be going down to D.C. in like two weeks covering uh, J-20 trials for the people, 59 people facing like 60 years in prison for going to a protest where like a fucking limo burned. You know, so I'm going to do that. Uh, So, yeah, follow me at Solar Power on Twitter. And, yeah, it sounds good. Cool. Hell yeah. Uh, that's it, the end.